Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So as I told you before in previous episodes, we've been building things up to where we are now, kicking off officially into the teen diary stuff. So this is where the serious cringe begins. Oh, I can't wait. In the last episode, I told you all about my first kiss and the sloppy second kiss that led to a very embarrassing moment with my top being covered in slobber. The next guy in my diary is Owen Riley. And a reminder now that all the names have been changed and any likeness is just a coincidence and I take absolutely no responsibility for it. I changed the names for loads of reasons, as you can imagine, and especially for the poor fella that I wrote about. And when I put my hand down his pants, there was no Willie. I couldn't find it or I do Oh God, help him. But anyway, I've written about that and that's coming up in a future episode. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and for telling your friends to listen to the podcast too. There have been so many people saying, oh my God, I feel like you're talking about my life growing up. Which just goes to prove that when you're a teenager, it can be quite an intensive time in your life and you fear that you're the only one that thinks like this. But no, you're completely normal. And then you realise when you get to your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, as I'm about to now in my life, that every single decade is bonkers. We are all batshit crazy and we're trying to pretend that we're normal. Nobody has a clue what they're doing. Everyone is just winging it through life. We're all constantly learning as we go and nobody knows what's going on. And that's life. Episode 8. Let's get stuck into those crazy teen thoughts. Here we go. With my newfound taste for kissing, it became my full-time hobby. So much so, I had to start keeping a record of all the boys I'd locked lips with in my hymn book. I would note their details and give them marks out of 10 for looks and their snogging skills. The numbers soon started clocking up. August 1995. Name, Owen Riley. School, Michaels. Hair, light brown. Eyes, blue. Looks, 8 out of 10. Snogability, 10 out of 10. He was wearing navy and white striped shirt and white jeans. I was wearing a white belly top with Little Miss Naughty on it and a black wraparound skirt. Oh, I have never seen a cuter face than this guy. He asked me to dance at the slow set. It was so romantic. We danced and kissed for the entire set. I never wanted it to end. Oh, I wish I knew what aftershave he was wearing. I don't want to wash my top because I can still smell him on it. 
He's so dreamy. I wrote my phone number for him on a beer mat. He kissed it, winked at me and said he'd call me. Oh God, he's so perfect for me. I just wish I had asked him some more questions to find out more about him. I don't even know where he lives. I hope it's not too far away so it won't be a trek to see him when we start going out. All I know is his name and the school he goes to. I'll have to get my hands on the Michael School Annual to do some research on him. I can't concentrate in class, so I wrote this poem today in geography. It's called Waiting. When will he ring me? My blood's running cold. One week and a day, I'm growing old. Just to hear his voice and talk to him. The light of my life is growing dim. He promised, he swore, he wouldn't lie. If that phone doesn't ring, I will surely die. Oh my God, what's that? Is it a ringing I hear? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's loud and clear. Hello? Yes? Panic. Fear. It's Owen. It's him. Our love is clear. Will I marry you? Yes, of course I will. Oh, Owen, I love you. I surely will. <laughs> oh, the drama. Oh, I remember this well. I was so bet into him. But little did I know that Owen was in fact a gigolo. Because I found out that I wasn't the only one he snogged that night. The absolute prick. I had watched enough episodes of Inspector Gadget to pick up a few detective tips. And when I read Katie loves Owen Riley all over the front of her homework notebook, I put two and two together. How many Owen Rileys are there that go to Michael's school, I wondered. Turns out, there's only one. The two-timing bastard had shifted Katie that night too in the chipper afterwards. And I readily convinced myself that there was no way that she was a better shift than me. It must be because she was a slut and she let him stick his hand up her top or down her knickers. In order to express my feelings of resentment, I wrote this poem about how scorned I felt by Owen and the fact that he chose Katie over me. It's called Photo Finish. So you've turned the other way, abused my heart, left it for another day. Someone had to be left to moan, you'd never be alone. So you've chosen her road, she may be standing on the podium, wallowing in glory and praise. But how come this does not affect me? Because I know he is the light of my days. Was I in the wrong place at the wrong time? Or was he out of my league? She cut in like a hot knife. Butter wouldn't melt in her mouth. My heart was grazed. My soul began to bleed. As I tripped over the hurdle, the white line of success became a narrow, distant line of distress. She bounded on, smiling to the crowd, not bothering to look back at the damage she'd done. She thinks she has won, but this was just the heat. The final is yet to come, and she will soon be beat. 
Janie Mac chills. That is as intense as a battle scene from Game of Thrones. I had also written a list of things I hated about Katie. 1. Her hair looks like straw and her highlights are woeful. 2. She says her parents let her drink wine with her dinner every night. Lies. 3. She has had the same school bag since first year and it's absolutely filthy. 4. She has a really annoying voice. 5. Her socks are always falling down around her ankles. 6. She thinks she knows everything about everything, but she doesn't. 7. Claims she shifted Ross O'Neill on holidays in Spain. This is a total lie. 8. She is a stupid liar with horrible hair. Poor Katie. (laughs) All she did was shift a fella in the chipper and I wanted her head on a stick. And I was still willing to hold out and wait for Owen once I'd figured out how to get Katie out of the way. I mean, what was I going to do? With the intensity of this poem and the list I had written, I wouldn't be surprised if I was plotting her murder so I could have Owen all to myself, even though I knew absolutely nothing about him apart from his name. (laughs) So I eventually got over Owen and my remedy for this was to go out and shift loads of other fellas. My diary is like a logbook of my snogathon. August 1995. There's one particular guy logged in here called Joe and I have glued into my diary a piece of paper with a list of topics that we could potentially chat about when he eventually rings me. My inner Oprah must have been cultivating at that stage because I love interviewing people. So here are some of the things I was planning on asking Joe. Are you going away this summer? What's the name of the aftershave that you wear? What music do you like? Has anyone ever told you that you look like Ross from Friends? How did your rugby match go? Do you know what you want to do in college after the leaving cert? Would you like to go to my pre-debs with me on the 16th February at 8pm dress code shirt and tie? Good one, Jules, always organised. So with six months notice, I obviously wasn't taking no for an answer. Poor old Joe. There's another guy listed in here called Colm and apparently his chat up line was I'm not a very good dancer, can you teach me? which I obviously proceeded to do, and then he hit me with, I'm not a very good kisser, can you teach me that too? Well, he's listed in the logbook, so I must have fallen for that line too. Fair play to him. So with a good few snogs under my belt, I really got into the whole shifting business. It was all slow dances and just wearing the faces off each other, until one guy asked me if I wanted to go outside with him. Discos usually had sweat pouring down the walls, so innocent me was like, yeah, sure, let's get some fresh air, it's roasting in here. So outside we go, for what I think is a moonlit, romantic stroll, and he brings me round to the side of the building. There's other people there, all gnawing the faces off each other, so we proceed to do the same. Then his hands are up my top, and my eyes are popping out of my head like a cartoon because he's touching my titties. And I am in a blind panic because I'm wearing a wonder bra that has more padding in it than actual boob. The next thing I know, he's taking my hand from around his neck and placing it by my side. What was he doing, I wondered. Then the next thing I felt was a warm sausage being placed in the palm of my hand. Where did that come from? Is there a barbecue on that I don't know about, I wondered. 
I broke away from the kiss and looked down at my hand. Why was there a warm, uncooked sausage in my hand? Then I gasped as I realised, that's not a warm, uncooked sausage. That is his fucking willy. In shock, I went back to the snogging and left his sausage sitting in my paralysed hand. I had no idea what I was supposed to do with it, so I just left it resting there. In the end, I just panicked and bolted. I don't think I even made any excuses. I just ran and left him there, having a barbecue for one. The snog count in my diary went on. March 1996, snog number 35. Name, Robbie Sarahan. School, 6th year, Grosvenor Park. Hair black, eyes brown. Place, outside the Bull and Bear pub. Looks, 9 out of 10. Snogability, 9 out of 10. He was wearing a white tight t-shirt top, black adidas tracksuit bottoms. I was wearing see-through leopard print shirt, black wonderbra, brown suede miniskirt and brown knee-high boots. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I've seen him a few times in The Bull and Bear and I said that he looks exactly like Peter Andre. I was up in the DJ box chatting to DJ Fred when Robbie came over and requested LL Cool J's new song. I noted that and when he was gone, I said to Fred, oh, he is a fine thing. Fred said he's a really nice guy as well. Never in a million years did I think I'd stand a chance with him. Anyway, a while later he came over and stood beside me and started looking through Fred's CDs. I was just foaming at the mouth and he turns to me and says, any requests? I nearly passed out and had a stroke and heart attack simultaneously. Then I remembered the LL Cool J request, so I suggested that. He asked my name and we got talking. He is so sound. I told him that he looks like Peter Andre and he admitted that he's a major fan. So I was talking to him for ages. He can really hold a conversation. He can't get tickets for the Peter Andre concert. It's so weird, like he's really into Backstreet Boys, etc. I told him I was a DJ on Pulse FM and he was well impressed. He asked how I got the gig and I told him I just wrote to them and sent my tape of me doing my DJ voice and they gave me my own breakfast show for the summer. It actually sounded so cool. I wasn't going to tell him like I have to get two buses there at seven o'clock in the morning and it actually broadcasts from a shed in a back garden. I made it sound like I was a total pro and he was loving me because I am as cool as a deep freezer. 
He has his own car, a little banger Peugeot, which he thinks is absolutely gorgeous, but hey, it goes. He brought me outside to see it. He has a sticker on the back that says, damn, I'm good, which just about sums him up. He knows he's a babe, but I was well able to handle him. I gave as good as I got on the scale of who's the coolest. We were standing beside Mags's car and I was saying, oh, I'm so cold, hint, hint. And he puts his arms around me and kissed me. I cannot believe I was with a Peter Andre lookalike. I was only with him for about five minutes because Mags and Surika came out. He asked what I was doing tomorrow. I told him nothing, so he invited me over to his house. Mags and Surika were floored that I was with him. So I called over to his house at 4.15. I rang the doorbell and he arrived out wearing blue jeans, a grey t-shirt and a baseball cap on backwards. His house was an absolute mess because his parents are away. He showed me around his gaff. His room is covered in medals and trophies, mostly for karate. We listened to CDs and danced in the living room and had an amazing snog. He's well able to hold a conversation and we talked for ages. He gave me a lift home and he said he'd call me when my phone number comes through the wash, but serious doubts if it's going to be legible. Hang on. What, Jules? When it comes through the wash? What? Oh, he must have told me that the piece of paper I'd written my phone number on was in his pocket and it had accidentally gone into the washing machine and I totally fell for it. Oh, Jules. I feel now that I should mention back in the day, the guy always took the girl's phone number and we waited for him to call. We didn't have mobile phones, remember, so it was never the other way around, like it is the norm these days for girls to initiate a call or a text message. We all had to endure the big, long wait. And it eventually came through in a message from your mum or your dad as to whether he was on the phone or he had called while you were out. And then, and only then, would we dial his number. How we had the patience to endure it, I will never know. Anyway, back to it. So if Robbie didn't call, I wouldn't be totally devastated. I couldn't be bothered sellotaping myself to the phone or getting obsessed with guys anymore. If he calls, he calls. He can't run away anyway, because I'll see him every Saturday in the Bull and Bear. If my number doesn't come through the wash, he could look me up in the phone book. And I also remembered that he has two of my LL Cool J CDs and my phone number is written on the inside covers. Oh, I still can't believe I snogged Peter Andre's long lost twin. Mum was nearly out buying her hat. She was saying that her kids will be gorgeous with dark skin and big brown eyes. Oh well, if he wants me, he can come and get me. Plutard, I've just read back this entry and it sort of sounds like I'm not into Robbie. Well, I so am, but I'm just not getting unnecessarily worked up about it. He's a babe and a half. So I figure if I become really into him, it could be nipped in the bud. I'll have to have a chillectomy and just go with the flow. Oh... A week has passed and there were no calls. I went to the Bull and Bear last night and he was there looking fine. So I stalled around the DJ box and waited for him to come into my web. I was chatting to Caroline and then I saw him and I decided to casually stroll by him. 
He was talking to one of his friends, so I tapped him on the shoulder and he turned round and said, Oh my God, how's it going? And I said, fine, thanks. And then he abruptly turned his back on me and continued his conversation with his friend while I stood there like a vegetable. I mean, what's the story? I was with him last weekend. He invites me up to the gaff. We get on really well. And then he doesn't even acknowledge me a week later. Oh, I'm so depressed. The other thing is that he still has my CDs. I hope he's not thinking of keeping them because that ain't gonna happen. Oh, men have such small brains. Oh well, there's plenty more fish in the freezer. Two days later, I got my CDs back. Mags and I drove over to his gaff and I called in to pick them up. He took ages to get to the door and when he did answer, all I could see was this brown eye peeping out. He had been in bed and he was only wearing a pair of Levi's. God, he looked so fine. I think I totally caught him off guard. No way was he expecting to see me at his door. I am the woman. I took the CDs and said, see ya, and strolled off. He was treading on some seriously thin ice messing with me. I had a cool speech planned that I was going to say, but I didn't get the opportunity. The plan was that he opens the front door and sees me. This is obviously a dream, so I'm looking stunningly attractive. Good hair day, perfect makeup, tanned, and I have a size 10 white Calvin Klein dress on. Anyway, I say, I'm here to get my CDs. And he says, sure, uh, come on in, we'll get them. So how are you? And then I say, oh, yeah, as if you care. And then he replies, what do you mean? And I say, look, Robbie, you've made enough of a fool out of me as it is. So just quit while you're ahead, okay? Gobsmacked at my feminine power, he says, oh, oh I don't understand. And I reply, oh, do I have to spell it out for you? Do you even go to school? If you remember, I was with you two weeks ago and we got on really well. And then one week later, I say hi to you and you don't even acknowledge me. I just think you made a complete fool out of me in front of all of my friends. You're a sleaze, Robbie. I just can't believe I got stuck in your web. You've made a major mistake messing with me. Hell had no fury like a woman scorned. And then I head for the front door and stop, flick my hair and look back over my shoulder and say, especially me. Then I jump into my bright yellow convertible Fiat Punto and speed away into the night. Then he sends me endless roses and sorry letters. And after he pledges his undying love for me on national TV, I decide that maybe he is worth taking back. So I hire him as my servant to carry my shopping bags. Oh diary, I'm going through all the stages of my closure. One, denial. I'm dreaming and I sure as hell better wake up soon. Two, anger. I am going to plunge my hand through his chest and rip out his still beating heart and hold it in front of his face so he can see how black it is before he dies. Three, fear. Oh God, what if I never get another man? <laughs> Brackets, I don't think so. Four, acceptance. I am so over him. I've lapped him twice. That's it. Decision made. I'm not getting attached anymore. It's girl power in full effect from now on. It's seriously erase, replace, embrace, new face. 
Mr. Wright is out there somewhere, and I'm not going to find him until I'm about 21. So if the guys want me, they can come and get me. I am so over him. I have closure. Oh, I know I'm lying to myself, but I'll find somebody new to fancy soon. I always do. I have a new chat-up line ready. Hey there, dynamite. Can I light your fuse? Let's see what results that gets. Well, I tell you, the old shut-up lines worked like a charm back in the day because I've got three more diaries clocked up with snogs and we'll be going into those in future episodes. Also, I have some fantastic celebs lined up to interview. I have been a bit all over the place with the recording of this podcast, but, but the celeb interviews are on the way, going through their teenage life, reminiscing about growing up in the epic decade of the 90s and talking about all those cringy snogs and, and teen discos. Again, thank you so much for listening. Please remember to click the subscribe button or if you're listening on Spotify, you click the follow button and that notifies you about when all the new episodes are out. I've got loads of 90s nostalgia pictures up on my Instagram. The handle is at Jules Call Picks if you want to follow me on Instagram. And a shout out to Birmingham Cameras for my fantastic Rode microphone and my Rode Podcaster Pro, which is now my little studio setup for recording everything. So if you need anything in the lines of photography, videography or sound, check out birminghamcameras.ie. I am their very proud store ambassador. I'm your host, Jules Call, and this is the Cringe Binge podcast, My 90s Teenage Diary. This podcast is brought to you by Acast, home of the world's best podcasts. (laughs) 